0: And I'm Geoffrey
1: Wonsell. And for the last 16 years or thereabouts we've been having lunch every Saturday and often our conversation turns to murder.
2: And that's what's prompted us to launch this true crime podcast called Blood Ties.
1: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Blood Ties Podcast. I'm Molly Wonsell and I'm here with my father, Geoffrey Wonsall.
2: Hello everyone, welcome back. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being there. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for your letters. And uh, emails, all of which are much, much appreciated. And suggestions.
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you for your suggestions. Yeah,
2: suggestions for cases. Um, I found these ones, th- th- this one particularly, um, from something I'd been preparing for something else. And so, to some extent, it's... Um, I-, I know the case because i prepared it for uh, Britain's Most Evil Killers, I think. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but... Uh,
1: what, but we do very much appreciate your suggestions and...
2: Yes, please, please, more... I do
1: write them down and I do give them to Jeff.
2: Yes, I have a, I have a list, of which we are working our way through, actually. Um, one of the themes that's occurred to Molly and I, sometimes we seem to get locked into a, a, a strand. At one point, we had an awful lot of child killing, didn't we?
1: Which yeah. got um,
2: very difficult... Yeah. Um, so I try and stay away from that now. I, f- I thought it was very interesting. I don't know if you saw it, that they, um, the, the man who killed his fiancée and his wife, the uh, the, the, b- the book author, he killed her and buried her in the cesspit.
1: Oh, that we did the other day? We
2: did not long ago. That His, his um, case is being uh, reviewed by the Court of Appeal. Oh,
1: really?
2: Yeah. So I think that's a very...
1: He's awful, that guy.
2: A very interesting case, though. Yeah. Not uh, they, a fan. They went back and exhumed the body, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> One of the slightly strange Anyone things... who
1: finds victims on a widow's website, I think, is...
2: Yeah. One of the things that I find slightly strange about doing what I do, especially dealing with as much true crime as I do, is that I find myself giggling when there's nothing at all amusing about what I'm describing and the people I'm talking about but it's a I think it's a protection mechanism that you find yourself looking at the bizarre at the unexpected and seeing it as oh well yes
1: uh, well you have to sometimes I mean you know yeah you just have to sometimes and you don't always do it on purpose it just sort of I think
2: it's almost a reflex mechanism. Yeah. You know, that... uh, And the case we're going to do today has a particularly gruesome bit in it, which I have to say I do find faintly amusing. Yeah. Because if you didn't, you would be horrified. I think
1: sometimes as well, you sort of have to detach yourself from it. And if you do detach yourself, it's easier to look at it as if it's not really real. Because if you always are like, oh, God, this happened and it's really real, it just all gets a bit much.
2: It can do. I did a, sh- a show, uh, one of my episodes, Murdered by the Sea, I did a thing about a man known, known as Monkey Man Jack, was set in the Orkneys. And um, that was, the bizarreness of that story uh, stays with me forever. And a very uh, interestingly, I got an email only this week saying, I really love Monkey Man Jack. Uh <laughs> people's interest is both both horrified and at the same time faintly amused Mm. Um, uh, and I think there is a lot of that in what I do you know a lot of uh, a lot of elements of that duality Um, and this is funnily enough particularly the case not funnily enough it is however, particularly the case in the case we're going to do in this podcast.
1: Mhm. What are we going to do in this podcast?
2: We're going to do something called The Murder of Becky Watts.
1: The Murder of Becky Watts? Yeah. OK, well, shall we get going?
2: Uh, well, we probably had. Let's go then. Yeah, do, do the best we can. The
1: Murder of Becky Watts. Yes.
2: The story begins with the birth of a young man called Nathan Matthews in January 1987 his mum was called Angie and his father well he never really knew his father it would best be described the relationship of his parents as troubled but nevertheless uh, Nathan is an unhappy little boy Um. In 1999, when the parents, his parents have split up, um, Nathan, uh, Angie meets a new man called Darren Galsworthy. And it's pretty clear, pretty quickly, that Nathan, who's been the absolute, absolute apple of his mother's eye, very much a mummy's boy,
1: Mm.
2: is pretty jealous of his new Stepfather, and so Angie and Darren Goldsworthy begin a relationship. Now Darren has two children: a little girl called Becky, and a brother called and her brother Darren. So now, from being just mum and Nathan, it's a it's a complete family unit you know two it's two step siblings
1: dad's called Darren and the son's called Darren
2: Danny 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 yes um so you have Becky Watts Danny Watts Nathan Matthews Angie and Darren the dad perfectly upright couple um Darren indeed has given a, a series of very, very interesting interviews, many of which you can find on YouTube, uh explaining what happened in the family and why Nathan did what he did.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um it's pretty clear that Nathan isn't exactly your typical teenager. Um it's, his mother wasn't particularly well. Um, and indeed, there's a whole history of dysfunction. I mean, I've got a note, I was remind myself here, that Becky Watts, the young the step-sister to Nathan, um, was born in 1998, a second child after a brother and lived with her parents until September 2001, when social services took she and her brother away and gave them to Darren and his partner Angie in March 2002. So there's, there's been some social engineering mm. in this story. Um, but to some extent, Nathan rather enjoyed that. I mean, I think he rather took to Darren, and they became quite close. He was the father he'd never had. and uh, But at the same time, he, he, he had a, a rheumatic condition, condition called fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia, um, which means he he had pains in his joints, Mm -hmm. and uh, he was a bit of a loner, he became fascinated with uh, pornography, Um, you can sort of see it I suppose, felt isolated, I don't know, you'll reprimand me for saying that, lots of teenagers feel isolated.
1: No, I was reprimanding you about specifically saying that she was isolated because her, parent, her family spoke Punjabi, okay. which I didn't agree with. Okay, well.
2: Um,
1: I do think teenagers feel isolated.
2: Yes. Um, Nathan's first relationship wasn't very successful and broke down pretty quickly. Um, but when he was 21, he started a relationship with a young woman, a girl, actually, Shauna Hoare, uh, who was then aged 14. He had shown some interest in very young girls for some time. At one point, he turned up... uh, This is in one of his Darren's interviews about... um, Nathan, he turned it up at one point, um, with four girls of twelve, and Darren told him to take them home to where he found them. He was—he wasn't bringing them into the house. But Darren was actually quite close to him. He paid for his driving lessons. He bought him a car. I mean, there is something wonderfully strange about.
1: Well, it. you don't want to think the worst of you know, trying no. to like be the stepdad and.
2: No. You
1: know. Uh,
2: but Shauna Haw, much younger and impressionable, um, nevertheless becomes fixated on Nathan Matthews. Her mother does not like him. Um, in fact she calls him flirty, sexually oriented and domineering. that works for Shauna Um, and though it's perhaps difficult to believe they actually went on to have a child together even though she was over 16 by this point they went on to have a child together Um, after Shauna's mother's dislike of Nathan Matthews comes to the surface Shauna moves out of the family home in Bristol and moves into a local hostel where believe it or not Matthews goes to live as well then they leave there and they get a council house this is a very symbiotic relationship they are very together, and they are, and they have a whole series of a private language, which was to come out as this murder came to the surface. They would text each other. I want you to bring back uh, a really young girl from the shops for me. I mean, as horrifying as that, and she would send him one saying, oh I nearly picked up a girl in wherever it might be, Tesco for you, and he sent her back one saying, what do you mean you nearly, why didn't you bring her home? They'd this entire fantasy of threesomes with very young girls developed between these two. He's seven years older than she is, she's deeply impressionable, it's obviously sexualised. It's a very bleak picture. But even more extraordinarily, Nathan's mum, Angie, is really not well. She, in fact, she needs a lot of care and help. And Shauna becomes Angie's carer. She goes to help Nathan's mother cope with her illness. She's all sorts of rheumatoid conditions. Now, how it happens, what, what exactly was the trigger? Nathan and Shauna develop a fixation on 16-year-old by now, Becky Watts who came with Darren yeah. and her brother, and they come up with a plan to, well, let's put it this way, um, take advantage of Becky. Um, I'm not going to go into what i absolutely convinced was the plan, but I'll, I'll creep up on it. Um Becky watts is a bright gregarious teenager you know popular with her friends quite good looking you no know. she's not long past her sixteenth birthday um and she's been staying over the night with a friend you know she gets back to the family home where Step-mum Angie is being looked after by Shauna, and and it's about 8.30 in the morning. And we're now talking about February 2015. Now, Shauna and Nathan know that Angie has a hospital appointment that morning it's the 15th of February No, sorry the 19th of February 2015 and she has to be at the hospital for 11 o'clock and so they're going to be in the house alone because Darren's gone out to work Danny's no longer there Becky gets home Sean, Shauna and Nathan are in the house now comes the complicated part For one reason or another, Nathan and Shauna have equipped themselves with a stun gun to presumably render Becky senseless. They've also equipped themselves with duct tape and all manner of other devices designed to subdue Becky. Now, I suspect, although one cannot be absolutely sure, that... Nathan really was only interested in killing the girl but there may well have been a sexual motive along the way, we do not know. What we do know is that Becky died that day, the 19th of February 2015, and was placed in a suitcase and put in the boot of Nathan's car which had been purchased for him by Darren. Angie comes back from the hospital and Nathan and Shauna are still there. They chat to Angie for the rest of the day. All the time, Becky is dead in the boot of Nathan's car. At about nine o'clock, they go home and they go back to where they live with the body still in the boot of the car and they order a takeaway. The body's still in the suitcase If this sounds a little uh, cold-blooded, I can assure you it's meant to. Um,
1: (laughs) It's remarkable what people do, isn't
2: it? Oh, yes, and just for a laugh, whore searches on one of the uh, websites for a song called Do You Want to Hide a Body? Well, they do want to hide a body.
1: They are hiding one. They are
2: hiding one. So the next morning... And again, I'm shaking my head. Even Betsy's shaking her head. I mean, it's... uh, (laughs) Yeah, um, at least she's not yawning. That's something. Um, The following day, the 20th of February, Darren is called up at work and said, well, we can't find Becky. Becky's not... Because Nathan and Shauna have suggested to Angie that she's probably gone back to stay with the friend she was in the night before. So nobody takes much interest mm. until finally the following morning, Angie realises she hasn't returned home and calls Darren up and he reports the girl missing to the police. It's uh, extraordinary. But now comes for me the most horrifying part of this.
1: Already quite gruesome. tale.
2: Already fairly gruesome tale. According to CCTV Pictures, when Darren is reporting Becky missing, he goes to B&Q and buys a circular saw, an 8-inch circular saw. The following day, the 21st of February, they buy black bin bags, rubber gloves, bleach and lots and lots of cling film. And on the 23rd of February, 2015, using the bath in their flat, Nathan and Shauna dismember Becky Watts and put her into separate bin bags. And they take the bin bags with the remains of Becky's body to a friend who's got a shed in his garden not like, doesn't live far away, who agrees to, doesn't know what's in, he doesn't know what's in the black bin bags. At least that's what he was maintained to the police. He just says, OK, I'll store them in my shed. Well, not surprisingly, given the fact that Shauna and Nathan were the only people with opportunity um, on the particular day, the 19th of February, when Becky went missing, it doesn't va- take very long for the boys in blue to arrive at their front door. I mean, you're going to have to be... You're not exactly covering your traces, are you? Yeah. And by now, of course, um, it's quite clear they're going to conduct an extensive forensic search of Shauna and Nathan's place, mm. including the bathroom. mm uh, which, in spite of the bleach, is, is, does still render extensive evidence. There's also evidence in Angie's house, Angie and Darren's house, because on the door of Becky's bedroom, there is blood. And it has a fingerprint in it. The fingerprint belongs to Nathan Matthews. Oh, Not surprisingly, Nathan Matthews is arrested quite quickly I mean he would pretty dotty if he wouldn't be Um, and on the 2nd of March he confesses to killing Becky but says Shauna had nothing to do with it sound familiar Mm. he also tells the police where they can find Becky's body well again it's a a little comical the police go to the address of his friend and they search the house but can't find the body until eventually, right at the end of the search, after midnight, they go and look in the shed with a torch. It's wonderfully old-fashioned, isn't it? We're not not talking about Gil Grissom here and CSI, (laughs) are we really? Uh, It's it's magnificently old-fashioned. It's the sense of a constable with with a torch. And they discover these bin bags full of the remains, sadly, of Becky. Now, at this point, Shauna has not been arrested for Becky's murder, but gradually, as the forensic examination continues... That's carshield.com/audio. Fiona's DNA is found on the in, insides of one of the bin bags. Yeah. It what's abundantly clear is it quite difficult for a man on his own to dismember a body. It is not a simple thing, and it isn't a simple thing, especially if you're using a circular saw which operates on electricity to
1: hold the body and, do, the, that at the and same do that and do that at the same
2: time. Um agreed then, as the the tale of the text messages about young women and bring me back someone from tesco Tesco come to the surface, so it becomes increasingly obvious to the police and quite rightly, I would say that um they are, this is a this is a double act. Um, Matthews is incidentally also charged with voyeurism and sexual assault, not connected with Becky Watts, and he's also found to have had um, made and are on his computer uh, a series of indecent images of young girls. Um, but Nathan's not completely foolish, you see, because when. He takes Becky's body and puts it in the boot of his car. He also takes her mobile phone and laptop to make it look as though she's run away. That's the story he sticks to until the 2nd of March, um, when he confesses to the crime. In October 2015, Nathan and Shauna go on trial at Bristol Crown Court. Matthews denies murder and conspiracy to kidnap, but admits killing Becky, preventing burial and the possession of a bo- prohibited we- weapon. Hoare, for her pie, denies murder, conspiracy, perverting the course of justice and preventing the bur- burial of a corpse. The trial lasts about six weeks. The jury hears from the police the evidence of the Text messages, as you would expect them to, because they're now perfectly relevant pieces of uh, information. To be fair to the police, throughout they've conducted themselves impeccably. They, when Becky first goes quotes missing, they launch a media appeal. Um, but gradually, and it becomes increasingly obvious, particularly once the blood-stained foot, that is found,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that the the truth of the matter lies with Nathan and Shauna. There aren't that many forensic bits of evidence to convict Shauna of murder, but there are. Extensive evidence of photographs and porn videos and all of the above. And on the 11th of November, after only a period of 3 hours and 27 minutes, the jury convict Nathan Matthews of murder and they commit shor- convict Shauna of manslaughter. One of the other horrifying things in this story, and I haven't made a great deal of it, is that at the point of killing Becky Watts, Shauna is pregnant again with twins. And one sto- one element of this story is that almost certainly they took their existing baby daughter with them when they killed Becky, Becky Watts. It is, it's a grisly it's tale. Powerful. Nathan is sentenced to uh, life with a minimum of 33 years. And Shauna is sentenced to 17 years uh, for manslaughter. Now, there's no question that this is a profoundly sad case, and it involves a fantasy world which I think does just justify the term which is sometimes overused, um, foliard in other words, the two were more dangerous than the one than one on its own. I think there's no doubt that the two together created a a universe in which they felt they could do what they wanted whenever they wanted to do it, and in whatever way. But the, th- the thought that always stays with my mind, in my mind here, is yes, Becky was a troubled little girl. She had troubles. She'd been shuffled around, but, you know, she was coping with them. She'd had, you know, grappled with anorexia and social services had to help her at various points. But she was an absolutely okay young woman. And her life was taken by two people.
1: For sport, basically.
2: For sport, or sexual desire plus mm. sport, or a bit of both. Mm. Or, um, I found when I did this case first, I found it particularly distressing, because it's, it's so horrid, and it's so needless, that it terrifies me. It literally terrifies me. You know, they they go back to their flat and they order a takeaway and leave Becky in the boot of the car. And then they go to B&Q and buy a circular saw. I mean, excuse me, what parallel universe are this couple living in? Yeah. It's extraordinary. And in, you know we've talked about some singles. You know, I always think of Danilo Restivo, you know the hair fetishist mm-hmm. who likes to cut off schoolgirls' hair on the bus. Yes, um, but in a way, he only actually ever killed one person in this country. That was the seamstress who lived across the street. Although he'd been he'd killed before in Italy,
0: mm.
2: but there's something about this case which sticks in my mind. It's it's gruesome. It's needless. It's And it's for sport, I agree with you, Mm. at least part, you know. Why would you do that?
1: Just to fulfill some kind of fantasy. Yes. I mean, fantasy is called fantasy for a reason. Yeah.
2: So that is the murder of Becky Watts. Murder
1: of Becky Watts. Well, another really interesting case. I didn't know that one.
2: Mm, It is interesting, actually. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think there are sometimes, but where these... And it's really quite recent, I mean, you know, not a long time ago.
1: 2015.
2: Seven, seven years. Yeah. Um, and if uh, Shona has been a model prisoner, she becomes eligible for parole uh, within a year because she'll have served half her sentence. I'm only saying eligible, I'm not saying that she...
1: No, 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 that she will actually be released. Well... There you go.
2: Yes. There you do go. So let's talk about something cheerful for five minutes.
1: <laughs> Anything to um
2: yes. stop the death. Yeah, cut down the death. I'm
1: trying to think if I have any interesting news or gossip, but I don't think I do really. Not a very gossip-filled time.
2: Uh no. No, um, I've been working and
1: Too busy working to have any fun.
2: Watching television.
1: Watching TV.
2: Yeah, I mean...
1: uh, I've been watching um, Grayson Perry's Art Club with mum. Oh, yes. I'm a big fan of Grayson and Phil.
2: Yes, yeah.
1: I think they're great. Oh, I met him. I met him too, actually. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool.
2: He's very cool. I met him in the Garrick wearing a dress.
1: Yeah, yeah, Mm. I met him at an... uh, A magazine launch or something. It was terrific fun. I'm such a big fan of his. I think he's so wicked. He's so cool. So smart as well. Those two.
2: Yeah. Oh, very smart. Absolutely.
1: V smart. Very. Uh, That's very jolly. I like that program a lot. It's very uplifting.
2: Yes. I, I. I should try more uplifting ones.
1: I like things that have like an emotional payoff or a kind of uplifting. Emotional, yeah. It's just my that's my just my my jam.
2: Well, that's it. It's good. I Did like you old watch, fashioned mys- um, mysteries.
1: Slow horses yet. Slow horses is the Gary Oldman. I've nearly
2: finished it. That's on Apple. I've got one episode left. I liked it. Yeah,
1: I but think, I like the books. I think I'm like halfway through. Yeah, I liked it too. Like it. It's yeah, i got. I like uh, Jack Loudon.
2: Mick sent me. One of his books, uh, Spook Street, mm. with an inscription saying, So glad you liked it. Uh, oh,
1: nice. Uh, That's so cool. Um, well, thank you very much. Pleasure. Would thank you... you to all the people that help us, to our producer, Sam Brain, my brother, Dan, who did the music, my friend George, who drew our caricature, to Audio Boom for hosting us, to Jeffrey, because he does all the hard work, and to you, the listeners, we're nothing without you.
2: We are absolutely nothing without you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for listening. Please contact us if you've got an idea or something you'd like to suggest. And uh, the new Mick Herron book, which is due out quite shortly, is called Bad Actors. Oh. If you've been enjoying the Gary Oldman series on Apple, um, which it I have, it. which I've almost finished. Um, I think there was one missing and I couldn't. it, was a, it hadn't come out. So I'm going to catch it. Um So thank you for listening. Thank you for being there. And most of all, to remember, bad things happen to good people. So do please be careful out there.
0: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes. Only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media,